Okay, 2 Peter chapter 3. And verse 1, this second epistle, beloved, I now write unto you, in both which I stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance, that you may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets and of the commandment of us, the apostles of the Lord and Savior. May we pray. Lord, I bow before you to thank you for the word of God. Thank you for another opportunity to preach. Thank you for these that come. Lord, you know what we need, and I pray that you might use me to be a help and a blessing, save any be lost, and revive the hearts of your people in Christ's name. Amen. Well, I want to talk to you about things to remember. Memory certainly is a wonderful thing. Someone said if you forget your keys, uh, you know, you're not, you don't have Alzheimer's. If you forget what your keys are for, <laughs> then you maybe have need to be worried, so... Memory. An elderly couple asked the doctor about losing the memory. The doctor said, don't worry, just get a pad and write it down. Husband said, I'm getting me some vanilla ice cream. Do you want any? Wife, I'll take chocolate. You'd better write it down. Husband, I can remember. I'm just going to the kitchen. Stay gone a long time. Come back with two eggs and bacon. <laughs> Wife said, I told you to write it down. I, wanted, I said I wanted toast. <laughs> Sound like both of them are having memory problems, doesn't it? I can identify with that somewhat. Well, tomorrow is Memorial Day. The observance began following the Civil War to honor those who, who died. And, of course, it honors all who gave their life to keep us free. A lot of times we forget, uh, uh, you know, what a blessing it is and at what tremendous cost. Uh, that we enjoy this freedom, just the freedom to be here and meet together and worship God as we uh, see fit and read God's Word. This is a precious thing and a blessed thing that all people don't enjoy, but we ought to be grateful for it and thankful for it. There are some things the Lord wants us to remember, and He sent the Holy Spirit to help us. In John 14, 26, But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. So God helps us remember the things that matter. I, I have member visiting people in the, the nursing home and I visit some that has Alzheimer's. And, uh, but uh, I've, I've visited people. They, they may not remember a lot of things, but they remember the things of God and the things that are important. And that's, that's what really counts. Well... The first thing we're told to remember is in Ecclesiastes 12 and verse 1, uh, which says, Remember now thy Creator in the days of thy youth. And uh, I'll just not worry about finding that. That's what it says. You can look it up and check me out. Uh, remember now thy Creator in the days of thy youth. God says you ought to get saved when you're young. The reason for that is that most people that are ever saved are saved when they're young. A lot of, not a lot of elderly people ever come to Christ. It isn't that they can't be saved, it's just that they won't be saved and have no desire to be saved. 75% of all conversions take place before 20 years of age. Think of that. The majority of people that get saved, get saved before they're 20. Some of you sitting here were saved later. You ought to be thankful to God for that. You have defied these statistics 
uh, and, and come to Christ. Statistics reveal that 87% of adult converts lose their interests within five years. That basically tells us that even those who make professions after the older, many of those professions are, are, are false and not real. Of the children, why should we bring their children to Sunday school? Of the children brought up and led to Christ in the Sunday school, less than 40% fail to continue. So the Bible teaches if you get saved and go to church when you're young, you're, you're more likely to continue doing that than if you wait till later in life. Remember now thy creator in the days of thy youth. Then in Psalm 89, I am going to turn to that Psalm, Psalm 89. And I'll have it here in a minute. We want to look at a verse from Psalm 89 and also Psalm 80, or Psalm 90 rather, pardon me. Psalm 89, verse 47, that's 643 in your Bible, Scofield Bible. Psalm 89:47. Remember how short my time is. Wherefore hast thou made all men in vain? If you ask me the most uh, amazing thing about my life, it, it would be that how I got this old. <laughs> uh, how, how quickly life passes by. I remember my dad talking about that when I was just a youngster. And uh, time seemed to pass very slow in those days. Now I can identify with how short my time is, how quickly life slips away. Now in Psalm 90, the next page in verse 1, Lord, thy hast been our dwelling place in all generations. Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever thy hast formed the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, thy God. Now don't ask me to explain that. I just believe it. Now how God can be from everlasting to everlasting. Hebrews says, having neither beginning of days nor end of life. You think, well, somewhere, sometime, God had to begin, but that's not what the Bible teaches. God has always been. Before there was a star, a planet, before there was an earth, before there was a human being, before there was anything, there was God. His very name, Jehovah, means the self-existent one. God is existent within himself. He's not dependent upon anything or anybody. God is eternal. And he says, I turn us man to destruction and says, return, you children of men. For a thousand years in thy sight are but as yesterday when it is past and as a watch in the night. There were four watches of three hours each. A thousand years are as nothing with God. A thousand years to us is an eternity. We marvel when someone is a hundred years of age. But uh, a thousand years with God is just like a day. He tells us in 2 Peter 3. And he says, I cast them away as with a flood. They are as a sleep. In the morning they are like grass which groweth up. He makes three comparisons like a, like a flood. There we've had some flooding lately. And as a sleep, you know, you go to sleep and, uh, and you wake up and you think, well, uh, I've been asleep five minutes and it's been several hours maybe. Uh, you youngsters probably can do that. A lot of us older folks have problems with that. 
I remember when I had an appendicitis operation. Uh, they said, well, we're going to put you to sleep. I said, okay. They said, you know where you're at? I said, I reckon I'm in the operating room. Between those two statements, it was already, already completed. <laughs> it's the most amazing thing. It's just like, like a, you know, it was the next thing. That time was blotted out. The Bible said life is like that. They're like grass which groweth up in the morning. It flourisheth and groweth up in the evening. It is cut down and withered. We're consumed by thine anger, and by thy wrath are we troubled. Thy set our iniquities before thee, our secret sins in the light of thy countenance. For all our days are passed away in thy wrath. We spend our years as a tale that is told. You live a whole life, and when you leave this world, your life will be summed up in a few short sentences. You take an encyclopedia, even, even some famous people like George Washington or Abraham Lincoln, only just a few uh, statements or a few pages of information. And most people that lived in that time are forgotten. Life is so quick to pass away. The days of our years are threescore years and ten, that be seventy. If by reason of strength they be fourscore years, yet is their strength labor and sorrow, for it is soon cut off and we fly away. If you make it past seventy, you have to depend on the doctors to kind of patch you up, don't you? Keep you here a few more years. It's the way life is. And he says, Who knoweth the power of thine anger, even according to thy fears, so is thy wrath. So teach us to number our days. We may apply our hearts unto wisdom. Remember how short our time is, the Bible tells us. In Proverbs 27, 1, Boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. We don't know we'll be alive tomorrow. Nowhere in the Bible does God say put off salvation to some other time. You can get saved later. Wait a while. Because God says you may not be here tomorrow. Do it now. Do it today. Turn to James 4, please. Page 1309. Book of James, chapter 4. James 4, verse 13. Go to now, ye that say, today or tomorrow, we will go into such a city and continue there a year and buy and sell and get gain. Whereas you know not what shall be on the morrow. What is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. For that you ought to say, the Lord will, we shall live and do this or that. Now you rejoice in your boastings. All such rejoicing is evil. Therefore to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not to him it is sin. God said life is like a vapor, like a fog. That is so, so dense that, you know, it's difficult to see the road. I, I've been out different times when it was like that. But then the sun comes out and the fog disappears. That's the way life is. Life is like a vapor. Remember how short our time is. If God gives us 70 years, and some people don't get that, and some people get a few more, but if God gives us 70 years, that 70 years will be gone before you know it. And you'll wonder what happened to it. But make the priority and 
the years that God gives us, the number one priority is to get saved. That's number one. Come to Christ. And then live your life for Jesus. Make your life count for eternity. Live for God. Be faithful to church. Be faithful to the Bible. Be faithful in prayer. Faithful in sharing the gospel. And, uh, you know, when you come to the end of the journey, you look back and say, thank God I made some important decisions years ago. No one ever regrets being a Christian on their deathbed. No one ever comes to the end of life and say, I'm sorry that I gave my life to Christ. I'm sorry I lived for Jesus. No one ever says that, but many people have said, if I could live my life over, I'd live it differently. I'd, I'd make some changes. Remember how short life is. Remember thy creator in the days of thy youth. Then there's another thing in Ephesians 2, if you'll find that, Ephesians 2, and that's page 1251, 1251. Something else God tells us to remember. In Ephesians 2, verse 11, and he says, Wherefore, remember. Isn't it a wonderful thing to be able to remember? You know, they, they say that everything that you, that you see or hear or do is recorded in your memory. And I, I believe that because, as I said, I visit the rest homes and, and uh, you talk to people and they, they may not remember what happened five minutes ago. I visited some people and every time I'd have to tell them who, tell them who I was and what I was there for. They didn't remember. They may not remember their own family. But they can remember what happened 60 years ago. <laughs> Tell about an experience that happened a long time ago. He says, wherefore, remember, being in time past Gentiles in the flesh who were called on circumcision by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh made by hands. The circumcision, talking about the Jews, comparing this to the Gentiles. Remember, he says, where you were at, and remember where God brought us from. Verse 12, that at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who sometimes were far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. Aren't you glad that God forgave you of your sin? made you his child, adopted you into his family. That's what he done for us. God says, remember where, where he brought you from. Remember where, where you were at when God found you, saved you, gave you forgiveness. John 3.18 says we're already condemned if we are not believing in him. John 3.36 says we're under the wrath of God. Ephesians 2, 1 says we're dead in trespasses and sins. And Romans 3, 19 says the whole world is guilty before God. A lot of people think there's going to be a great judgment to determine where they'll spend eternity. He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. He that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. 
If you're not saved today, you're already judged. Sentence has already been passed. And where you will spend eternity is determined already. The only thing standing between you and eternity is that old heart still pumping that blood, still moving that blood and keeping you alive. When a person dies, if they're without Jesus Christ, if they're lost, they'll plunge into the darkness of an awful hell with no hope of ever being saved. What a horrible thing. You know, most people, if they're not saved, they live with a hope that someday they will be. But when death comes and a person dies without Christ, all hope is shattered. Remember where God brought us from. I could be in hell or I could be somewhere in the world having never heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. Thank God for America. Thank God for freedom. Thank God for the gospel that we could hear and believe and be saved. Remember where God brought us from. Number four, remember the gospel that brought our salvation. 2 Timothy 2, 8 says, Remember that Jesus Christ of the seed of David was raised from the dead according to my gospel. And you know, it's talking about Israel. It's always in the news every day. Something about Israel. Terror attacks. A lot of, lot of problems with Israel. Trying to make peace with the Palestinians. And uh, you know, I was thinking, what a sad thing. You realize the Savior of the world was a Jew. Came to the Jewish nation. Came to Israel. And yet if you go to Israel, the masses of the Jewish people reject him. After all these centuries, they continue to be an unbelieving people. The Bible says that Jesus Christ raised from the dead according to my gospel. Romans 1.16, he said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Paul said, I'm not ashamed of it. And I preach it as man's only hope, only hope of a better world. There is none other. Regardless of what you may hear on TV, Jesus says, the book of Acts says in Acts 4.12, neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. The Bible declares there is no other way. Jesus Christ are lost forever. He is their hope. He is their salvation. His sacrifice for me to go to heaven, my sin has to be paid for. He paid it for me on that cross with his own precious blood and arose from the dead the third day. And I believe that. And I believe that is my only hope of heaven. The fact that I'm standing here preaching today won't buy me one day in heaven, not even a minute, not a second. I go to heaven for one reason. The Son of God took my place and my sin and was judged in my place on that cross. When he was hanging on that cross, I was hanging there in a sense. My sins were upon him and God was pouring out his wrath upon Jesus Christ. And, he, and because of that, I get to go free. 
I ought to go to hell, but I get to go to heaven. And the Lord said, I don't want you to forget that. And I want to share it often because that, that's, listen, there's nothing, nothing more important than that. Nothing more important. I have a radio program. I've, I've been on the radio about ever since I've been preaching almost. Been on WAGI on Sundays from 5.15 to 5.30, I think it is. <laughs> I make it, of course, I don't go there in person. I just send them a tape. And uh, been on that station 19 years. Was 19 years in May. And uh, one thing I try to do, I try to always emphasize and close with the inv inviting people to Christ. You can be saved if you'll trust the Lord. I don't know who's listening. You never know. It's the thing about radio. I remember years ago I was in a revival meeting. A fellow came to a revival meeting and said, I was saved. I heard you preaching on the radio and got saved. I said, that's wonderful. It's wonderful. Remember the gospel. 1 Corinthians 13, or 11, pardon me, 1 Corinthians 11, verse 23, page 1222. It talks about uh, the Lord's Supper. Verse 23, uh, 1 Corinthians 11, For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take eat, this is my body which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. After the same manner also he took the cup when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as oft as ye drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he come. There's only two ordinances the Lord left with us. Baptism that we observe at when we get saved. We follow the Lord in believers' baptism. And then second of all, we observe the Lord's Supper. And both of these things are to remind us to stir up our memory of the price that he paid to redeem us. We take the bread and the broken bread showing his broken body. The grape fruit of the vine, the grape juice, the blood of Christ. God said that demonstrates the gospel message. Then there's one final thing he don't want us to forget, and that's in Revelation chapter 2. And that uh, would be 1332 in your Bible, Revelation chapter 2. He writes to the church at Ephesus. And, uh, you know, I, I was telling the church recently that uh, these seven churches in Asia Minor where the gospel really began to spread out to the world. You know where they were located? What is present day Turkey. And that country is given over to Islam and the Muslim religion. But there's where the church at Ephesus and these other churches were at in that section of the world there over in degree, on over in degrees then. But he writes to this church at Ephesus and it was a good church. And he says, uh, verse 2, I know thy works and thy labor and thy patience and how thou canst not bear them which are evil. And thou hast tried them which say they are apostles and are not and found them liars. 
has borne, has patience, for my name's sake has labored and not fainted. Uh, some good, good church, good people. And uh, says that this was a people that wouldn't quit. They wouldn't give up. But verse 4, he said, Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee, because thou hast left thy first love. Isn't that the problem of most situations? Problem in most homes? Problem in most churches and societies? You just don't love like you used to. Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee. Verse 5, Remember therefore from whence thou art fallen and repent. And do the first works, or else I will come unto thee quickly and will remove thy candlestick out of his place, except thy repent. God says, remember where you, where you were at and get back where you started from. You know, gradually, little by little, the devil works on us. Remember and repent and do the first works. Well, remember your first love. Do you love Jesus this morning? Just like those soldiers that have died in battle for the tens of thousands. I'm always touched when they show those cemeteries in Europe and this country. And just as far almost as the eye can see, white crosses. Those are real people. And really, they're, they're, most of them were young people. Think of those in Iraq, you know. A lot of those, a lot of those what, just kids, really. And uh, never having the privilege to enjoy the things we enjoy, as far as a lot of them left behind a young wife and maybe a child or two. That's always sad, but you know, we tend, if we're not careful, to forget. Forget what it cost. Jesus says, I don't want you to forget what it cost me to save you. And we have Memorial Day in this country, but we'd not forget those that laid down their life. You know, when they, they have films where they show those uh, Beaches where, where our soldiers back in World War II landed on those beaches. And they, many of them, they were cut down by those machine guns, just cut down and died by the thousands. And others, they just kept coming off of those boats and kept storming that beach. I'd rather die, I'd rather be dead than to be a slave. That's what it's about. You know what it means to most people? Day off from work, day to have fun. We forget the true meaning many times. Well, the thief on the cross in Luke 23, 42 says, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. And God remembered him and saved him that day. You know, Memory is a blessed thing, but it will be a tormenting thing in hell because Luke 20, 16, 25 says, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest thy good things. You know, wouldn't it be sad for someone to hear the gospel, have an opportunity to respond to that gospel and be saved? 
And yet they make that choice to reject Christ and then end up in hell. And when they get there, to remember that opportunity they had to get right. I'm glad I got saved when I was young. If I hadn't, I'd probably, probably would never have been saved. I don't know. But I'm glad I'm saved. See, how do you know you're going to heaven? Because I'm saved today. I'm saved right now. I'm depending upon Jesus Christ to get me to heaven. That's my hope. I hope you have the same. Let's bow our heads.